0: Welcome to The Word This Week, where we believe that the Bible is more than just words on a page. They are the words we live by, and it's pretty cool, too. We invite you to join us as we read through the Bible together this year. Welcome to Episode 7 of The Word This Week. I'm your host, Brian Vaughn. With me this week is my wife, Meredith Vaughn. Hi, Meredith. Hello. How are you? I'm great. You want to share a little bit about yourself?
1: You already said I was your wife. What else is there to say.
0: Wow. There's a lot more <laughs> to you than that.
1: Um, we have five kids who are awesome um, and we're so proud of them. And I am a kind of stay at home mom and also work part time for the pregnancy clinic as a nurse.
0: Well, I'm excited that you're here, and also with us is Kim Thorpe. Kim, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. First of all, this is yeah. awesome. Uh, I'm Kim. I'm married to Jimmy. I have two wonderful kids, Ruthie and Joa, and then I'm also um, the Director of Operations at Rising Above Ministries here in town.
0: Awesome. And also, the cool thing is the two of you are, are good friends. Yes, yes, we are, yes.
2: and I think it's funny. She said she's a stay-at-home mom, Meredith. You have like
1: a million things.
0: <laughs> yes, well, true. yeah, that's true. Yeah, that yeah. Is. I, I,
1: when I said that, I thought I don't really stay at home. So. No. Yeah, but, I was trying to like,
0: think through your week, and yeah, there's there's not a day where you no, stay at home all day. No, and if it's I get
1: just, that time, I'm like, oh, this is I gotta awesome. be doing something. Yeah. Yes, well, that's true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so we are reading through the Bible together. And we're reading through the Daily Bible in chronological order. The goal of what we do here is to try to get each other's perspectives on what we've read and what the Lord is doing in our hearts through what we've read. And I, I wanted to start by asking both of you, what has your relationship with the Bible been over the years? I just kind of personified mm-hmm. the Bible, but the, the Bible isn't a person, but it points to a person. It points sure. to God, right? Uh, but what has what has your relationship with the Bible been like over the years and maybe how it's progressed or changed?
2: Sure. Well, I think the Bible for me started as a list of rules, like a list of do's and don'ts. Um, and as far as like my upbringing, you know, like, um, from the time I was little, I've always recognized it as God's word, but also a list of do's and don'ts. Um, and I would say starting last year when we, um, read through the Bible, I read through the Bible together with some friends and I would say then it became more of a, um, just an alive thing that was like, oh, wow, this is all connected. And how amazing that, yeah. you know, these stories are connected to Jesus and then Jesus quotes here and this is why he quotes yeah. it. And it's just, it's become more alive and more of a, I don't know, a, is it bad to say that it's more interesting to me?
0: That's okay. I guess that's,
2: yeah. um, I, I would say that has changed in the last couple years where it's become more
1: alive and just more interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like that word alive mm-hmm. that you use. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool.
1: I would say for me as a child it was a book of stories. Um, my parents did a great job of reading, you know, Bible stories to us as, you know, when we go to bed or whatever. And so, um, I always had this kind of collection of stories that encompassed the Bible. Um, so that was kind of my early Upbringing in that. And then I would say, as a teenager, it became more of like what you said a list of rules, Mm -hmm. a list of do's and don'ts, um, and never fully understanding um, maybe the heart behind the story and the heart behind the rules. And then as I've grown up, and like you said, just within the last couple of years, being able to connect um, just the stories from the very beginning all through and seeing. Um, God's plan and God's redemption through the whole story has just mm-hmm. been sweet. And I think sometimes we forget that God's really cool and God's fun. And, you know, we would look at him as this God of wrath that we're reading about right now in the Old Testament, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: God's really, really cool in the way yeah. that he puts this story together. And even in the way, like you said, it can jump off of a page and feel so mm-hmm. alive to us in our everyday life. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. and we've, we've mentioned throughout the, the course of this podcast how the Bible is a collection of many works, we believe, inspired by the Holy Spirit as it's come together, and those, those different works uh, are from different perspectives, from different authors, but it's amazing how as it's come together and put together, it tells one unified story from the beginning yeah. to the end, mm-hmm. and that unified story points to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And even in this week's reading, there are a couple of places where I think clearly points to Jesus and I hope that over the course of our time together, we'll we'll point out some of those things. Mm-hmm. One thing we'd like to do is kind of recap a little bit of what we've actually read over the past week and- Make it our, quick
1: because Kim and I have a lot to say right oh, now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Wow. As
1: usual, as usual. <laughs> well, Mayor. I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> are you saying that I might drag on and on and on? Is that your point, well, Sure. Meredith?
2: You're a preacher, right? By nature, that's your that's your that's your jam.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll it's take a great that.
2: part of you. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Uh, so, so as we begin our journey in the scripture this week. The Israelites are beginning their journey. As they set out from Mount Sinai, they're progressing towards and into what they think is the promised land, the land that was promised to to Abraham. Then we see that the Lord's presence was with them and went with them, and that was very important to Moses. We saw that, I think, in the previous week. Moses said, hey, Lord, if you're not going with us, we don't want to go anywhere. Right. Like you have got to yeah. be the one leading the way, and I, I, lo- I really love that about Moses. Mm-hmm. Each time when he's confronted with with issues, when he's confronted with the complaining and the grumbling, he goes he goes to the Lord right. about it, and he, and he seeks the Lord's presence in the in the midst of that. And speaking of grumbling, they've hardly set out, and there is complaining, and there's mm-hmm. murmuring, and it starts this pattern. I think that that I'm seeing of whether it's their own doubts or their complaining, their their dissatisfaction with the way things are, and there's this pattern of rebellion by the people, then God's response and judgment to that rebellion, but then an opportunity for God's grace and mercy to be on display. And I'm continuing to see that the Israelites' story really is our story. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know I, I'm. Seeing so much, it's I'm I'm quick to point out, man, those losers. Yeah, why why are they complaining? They got to see all of these things, and then and then they turn away from God. And Mm -hmm. like, man, I'm glad I'm not like that.
2: (laughs) We're totally like
0: that. (laughs) We are totally (laughs) like that. And and like I said, that that phrase just really has has really jumped out to me over the past few weeks. That man, their story really is Mm -hmm. our story, and I think that's part of why it's there. I think that's part of why we're reading even some of these hard things. We see that man we we often react in the in the same way and mm-hmm. and we've seen things maybe not quite the miracles that they've seen. We didn't see the Red Sea, we didn't see the manna and the quail and, and all of those things, but we have seen the goodness of God in our lives, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yet we still are comfortable to to go back into bondage. We see Moses' own sister Miriam, and apparently Aaron kind of follows uh, her challenge, challenge to to Moses' leadership. They're they're not really happy with him, and and really kind of God's plans with with how things are going there. Then the story, of the spies, I think very significant story there, where Moses sends somebody from each tribe mm-hmm. of Israel into the Promised Land. They're right outside, and they're like, "Okay, go go check it out." Go see what we're up against here Mm -hmm. and come back and tell us. And so close. They're so close. They go out there. They're gone for 40 days Mm -hmm. and then they come back. Some of them, Caleb and Joshua, two of them really, not some, just two of them. Two of them are like, man, this is, it's awesome. It's everything that God said it was going to be. We got this because God's got this. Let's go. Yeah. But the rest of them, not so much. Right. And they say... Now there's there's giants in the land, right? Literal giants. Yeah. yeah, literal giants. Even though, even though God can do amazing things, we mm-hmm. don't think. I mean, and they begin even grumbling. God, why'd you, why'd you bring us to this land? Only to have us right. wiped out, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And and God, God answers their rebellion there with the fact that hey, this this whole generation will not enter into the promised land. You're going to wander for 40 years, one year for every day that the spies were were in the land, in the promised land, you're going to wander. And none of the adults at that point will get to enter into the promised land. How do you guys feel about that?
1: That's awfully close to get and not go in. I think I would want to believe Caleb and Joshua and be like, okay, let's go. <laughs> and I think it's interesting to me how The majority who were fearful controlled the entire population of Israelites' thought process and whether or not they should go instead of listening to the two that said, we could totally do this. We can go in. We can take the land. It's everything God promised. Look, we even brought proof. We even have the grapes to prove it here. This is what God has for us. But yet because of the fear that the other 10 brought back and not being willing to conquer the fear that might be there, Mm -hmm. all these people decided to latch on to the fear instead of the promise. And I think that's an entire generation of people lost out on their destiny because of the fear that was spread through the 10 spies that didn't believe God's promises.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd like to believe that I would be in the Caleb and Joshua camp, but I don't know. I don't know what I would feel like in that, in that moment, but I'm with you. I think fear is a huge trap that a lot of people are in. I mean, it's, the same today. Yeah. I mean, it's the same today. It's the same in the new Testament. It's like fear seems to be an easier posture mm. to have mm-hmm. than yeah. courage. And, um, like, like you said, faith and like, no, we can take it. God's on our side. It's like, well, fear seems to be the the default for yeah. so many. And, uh, I'd like to think I would be Camp Caleb But I don't know
1: I mean I said that Like I was so certain I'd be Caleb And Joshua's Biggest fan I I hope to be I would hope But I think you would have to squash You would have to continually Come back and squash the fear Oh yeah Like you would have to Continually bring it to the Lord Mm -hmm. And say I Okay I believe this Now Mm -hmm. you know Mm-hmm. Help me out with, Help me yeah. out with the other things that I'm feeling just like in today's world like oh yeah I told, God I trust that you're gonna provide and you're gonna lead, yep. but I'm a little scared right now. Mm-hmm. so can you help that? Yeah, an intentional <laughs> so, squash of the fear. yeah like you it's have not to have that, that. that you wouldn't be fearful of the unknown, but mm-hmm. you would go into it believing the promise over mm-hmm. the fear. It's like choosing faith
2: over the fear yeah, is what you're saying yeah. So there you go. What about you, Brian?
0: Wait a minute. I'm asking the questions here. Sorry sorry no, sorry. <laughs> what is your perspective. Yeah, I don't know how I'd feel in that moment. I, I I'm thinking a little bit about kind of my personality, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I would have been really slow. You know, if I'm hearing, hearing the these guys come back and Caleb and Joshua, they're like, "Man, we got this. Let's go." And then all <laughs> the other guys are like, "No, there's giants in the land." I think in that moment I would be a little bit like, uh, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know."
1: So what do we say? Fear. Would you act out of fear, faith, or freeze? what, oh, was, what yeah. We kind of, no, oh, like,
0: your reaction to fear or conflict yeah, or whatever. It's when things fight, come against
1: you, yeah. Fight,
0: flight. Fight
1: or freeze. Or freeze. Yeah, you'd totally freeze because you're such a peacemaker. So you'd be like <laughs> hearing, you'd hearing, be hearing the 10 spies with all their fears and worries and mm-hmm. stuff and be going, okay, maybe we need to listen to these guys. And then you'd be listening to Joshua and Caleb and you'd be like, okay, but they say this. And so you would... You would be completely between the two sides mm-hmm. weighing everything mm-hmm. Um, where I would be completely the, I'd be fight. Yeah. I wouldn't um, run away. I'd be fight. Yeah. I'm a fighter too. So anyway, it's but interesting. Think, Different personalities yeah. would be, there'd be personalities that'd be flight. Like, let's get, sure. get it. Let's get out of here. Let's get There's out of giants. here. There's
0: giants. But as you mentioned, fear, fear sometimes can. It's powerful. No matter your personality can, right. can, That's true. can freeze you For in sure. those moments. For For right? sure. Yeah. The people, they listen to the. The naysayers, right? Yep. And God then pronounces that that judgment that, look, okay, you guys didn't trust me, so you're going to wander here. But your kids...
2: Yeah, your kids will go in.
0: Your kids will go in. They'll get to see the promised land. Uh, continue more more grumbling. The people challenge Moses' leadership at uh, a certain point. Also, Miriam and, and Aaron do that as well. Mm-hmm. And more complaining about, hey, we don't have water here as we've moved from place to place. Moses, in that moment, he does go to the Lord and say, hey, they're complaining again. Uh, He comes out and and God tells him to speak to the rock. Mm -hmm. And this is something that's happened before. In that instance, he said, hey, strike a rock and there's going to be water that comes from it. This time he tells him, hey, speak to this rock. I'll provide water. God will provide water. Mm -hmm. But Moses go out, the people are complaining out of Frustration, or whatever it was, he actually hit the rock. He actually struck it. I think it says he strikes it twice, twice, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, "We have brought you this water." Right. The inference is, man, I'm I'm acting out of this. I'm doing that. Yeah. And God is is not pleased with Moses. Mm-hmm. And he tells him, Moses, you didn't do what I said, and. Mm-hmm.
1: Don't you see God acting even with Miriam and Aaron um, where he rebukes them for grumbling and complaining against Moses we see him acting it like a father so much here mm-hmm. and you know in scripture it says a fa- you know a good father will discipline his children and it refers its talking about God disciplining his children and I can just see where um, Miriam's kind of stirring this thing up against Moses because he's married this woman. And so she gets Aaron in on it. You know, my siblings and I can do that sometimes. Like, did you hear what he, you know, she did or whatever? Well, we need to, we need to talk to him about this. So we need to talk to her about this. This is important. important." And so then they get together and they go and talk, confront Moses, and then God gets wind of it and he's like, whoa. And so I could just (laughs) hear this, like, you three come here. We need to talk. And he calls them into the tabernacle and he rebukes them and says, look, Mm -hmm. I am the spokesperson to Moses. I'm going to tell him what to do, and you two do not have any right to question what this is. So anyway, I think it's interesting to kind of see God's um, for the sure. discipline that God has, I guess, yeah. for his children in that, and hearing kind of, I, as a mom, I can just, and then when I read that passage, I totally could hear God being like, you three, come here. Yeah. We need to have a talk right now. Yeah, for sure, for
2: sure.
0: And And we, especially as a child, we can we look at discipline as a bad thing or mm-hmm. a harsh thing. But as a parent, we look at that and say, no, discipline is a good thing mm-hmm. because I'm trying to steer you back into right a right path, a right relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and when God disciplines us, it is for our good. Yeah. Mm. Right?
2: Discipline, as you get older, discipline looks more like love. Mm. Like love, like discipline showing love mm-hmm. um, is is I think, and that's how I see it now being a parent, is um, as God is disciplining these people, uh, whether it's the Israelites or Miriam, and he's He's disciplining them because he loves them. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Moving on, there's we see the death of Miriam and Aaron both. Uh, then there's another story of rebellion and complaining from the people, and this weird thing where God sends poisonous snakes in. And that's a, a picture of his judgment. And then they he he gives them this, this form of, of escape from the consequences of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we see the accounts of Moses' journal. At some point, God had told Moses, "Hey, keep this, keep a journal of everything that's going on, and track where you're going." And we see that. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, every place it was like, "All right, the people left so and so." Wherever they were at. And then they camped at so and so. And he kept a record of that for 40 years. I was like, that kind of looks like my journals. It's like, It's like, okay. He didn't
1: have time to write a whole lot. We did of this
0: other, and this. A and that right. was it. He's uh, got a he lot did. of
2: complainers to deal with. <laughs> yeah. He's not got time to. <laughs> I just
0: thought that was kind of funny. I'm not a good journaler. Apparently Moses wasn't either. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, God has lots of grace. And then we get this odd story of a guy named Balaam. And he is commissioned by the Moabite king, Balak, or however you say his name. And he says Balak is afraid of this massive people that are moving into his land. he says, I want you to curse them. So Balaam, I I think, is not a good dude. He's a soothsayer for hire. And he pronounces curses on people and blessings. Uh, But there's this, it's just this interesting account of of him recognizing wait there's a power much bigger than me here and I can't go against what he says and then you have this instance where he's riding his donkey and uh, the donkey sees the angel of the lord and it's right in front of him and he stops and Balaam's beating this donkey like what are you doing we got to go forward and then the donkey talks to him
1: yeah and he talks back <laughs> without any indication that he was surprised that the donkey spoke or that he was speaking back to the donkey? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know. You, you, you talk to our dog. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't
2: talk, back. <laughs> he doesn't talk no, back. Not yet. You'd be surprised. if But he did.
0: <laughs> if the Lord could open his mouth. In fact, that's yeah. how, I think that was the wording there in that story. Mm-hmm. It says the Lord gave him the ability, the, the donkey, uh, the ability to, to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the point is that God's still moving. Mm -hmm. And even though Balaam wanted to curse and he was going to get wealthy for cursing them, he just couldn't because God's going to keep his promises throughout uh, the course of that. There's a few more accounts of what the people are walking through. And then this section kind of ends for us with another numbering of the people. There was a numbering that's kind of where the... The, name book of the book of numbers. Comes from. Numbers, <laughs> yes. yeah. There's a numbering in the beginning of it when yeah. they're at Mount Sinai, and then there's another numbering, and and the author points out that hey, this new number, and none of that those numbers are anyone that was included, any of the adults, yeah, that were included when they chose. Say hey, we're not going yeah. into this land. Just
2: to show that that God keeps his promises, and when he disciplines, he he means it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, Kim, as you've been reading this week, Mm -hmm. what's something that really jumped off the page?
2: Um, I think it's how Moses shows his leadership skills, um, specifically in Korah's Rebellion when uh, these guys get together and try to basically take over uh, the leadership of the Israeli people. Um, Moses doesn't you know, send an army to smite them. Like he doesn't just act with this aggression. He falls on his face before the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he says, okay, well, why don't you and I go together into the tabernacle, into and in, we meet with the Lord together and right. let God choose who the leader of the Israelites should be. So this not only shows humility on Moses's part, but also his faith. Because one of us is gonna go in this tabernacle or both of us are gonna go in this tabernacle. Only one of us is gonna come out. Mm. Like he's, he knows that God's gonna kill whoever's not, you know, the leader. Wow. <laughs> so not only am I gonna be humble and say, okay, maybe, you know, the two of us are gonna walk in here together. And, but the faith that I know that God put me in this place. I know that God made me leader. And I have faith that God will show that to this guy who is coming against me. You know, I just, I found that really, really cool. And Korah's rebellion is actually mentioned again in the New Testament um, in the book of Jude, where Jude is showing, like he is making a connection between false teachers that are trying to get into the New Testament church. He says that um, he kind of compares them to Korah's rebellion Mm -hmm. and just that like pride and like, I think I can lead this better, you know, and Jude is telling the leaders of the church that the New Testament church, that, um, they need to be watchful for the pride and the, um, kind of that, that spirit that's coming against them. And so I I found that super interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Meredith, how about for you?
1: Well, um, there's, there's actually a couple things um, that jumped out to me. First is um, I think that God is serious about His holiness. And we see this in some of the stories where whether it's the incense burning um, and how that's supposed to be done, um, the way the tabernacle is supposed to meticulously be set up in the plan that He has laid out for them, um, the earth, the whole um, incident where the earth swallowed up the people, opened up and swallowed up the people, and... Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see. Oh, and then with the rock, where you mentioned about Moses not speaking to the rock and striking the rock. Um, I mean, God said, this is how you're supposed to do it. Moses didn't do it that way. And so Moses got in trouble. So, I mean, God is serious about his holiness. But I think another smaller little thing that stood out, stood out to me was when um, God was giving—it's He was. It's over in Numbers 18— he's talking about the offerings belonging to the priest. And he's kind of setting aside the priest's guidelines and how the Levite tribe is supposed to take up these um, different assignments from the Lord. And he's speaking to Aaron and he says, that Aaron will have no land. Um, and he said, you priests will receive no allotment of land or share of property among the people of Israel. And then he says the statement, I am your share and your allotment. And I hear that as I am your portion, Aaron. Mm-hmm. I am all that you need. Um, and you're not going to have all these things that it looks like that the other tribes have, but I'm enough for you. And Mm -hmm. so I thought that was kind of a profound, small little statement there when he's just talking about, um, all these assignments that the priest will have. And then he ends up providing for the priest, um, through the tithes and
2: offerings of the people. Yeah, I think that, yeah, you're right. Where he's, God says, I'm your portion. It's Mm -hmm. like they... He, he implies that the priests should remain fully dependent on him. Yeah. I love that too. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. There's one thing that, that really jumped off to me this week. It was in one of those instances where the people were murmuring uh, again about just not having what they thought should be provided by God and, and wanting more really, mm-hmm. even though God was providing and, and so then god sends these snakes yeah Yuck. into into the camp and they're poison snakes and they're yeah. they're biting them and some people some people are dying and then god instructs moses hey i want you to to form this bronze snake and put it on this on your staff and mm-hmm. and raise it up and anyone that looks to this provision that i'm giving anyone who looks up to this then they're going to receive healing from from these snake bites from the from the right. poisonous uh, snakes and they will not die. Jesus references this in John chapter three. He's talking to Nicodemus and Nicodemus is a is a Pharisee. He's a he's a teacher of the of the law mm-hmm. and well he's, acquainted with this yes, yeah. part yeah. And of he's the story. Real, and, but he's real interested in Jesus. And yeah. he's trying to like maybe maybe he is the one. Maybe mm-hmm. he is the one we've been waiting for. And in in John 3, uh, somewhere around verse 10, Jesus says this in Nicodemus. He says, you are the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things. Truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify what we have seen, and you people don't accept their testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. He's talking about himself. Mm Mm-hmm. And verse 14, and just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up so that everyone who believes will have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Mm -hmm. He's like, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save it. And so it's this beautiful picture and Jesus ties it back to this instance in the book of Numbers where the very instrument for God's judgment mm-hmm. and discipline, the snakes, he tells them, hey, raise raise this up mm-hmm. and as you look on that, you will be saved. And Jesus said, the very, he says, I will be lifted up. And that then is a picture, the the very instrument through which God is showing his judgment, the cross. Mm-hmm. The cross is that is that picture of judgment and the, the price, heavy price for, for our rebellion against mm-hmm. God, for our sin. But through the cross, through that, he provides salvation and healing for us it's all pointing to Jesus <laughs> it's mm-hmm. all pointing to Jesus and I also think it's interesting though
1: that the snakes they like with the some of the plagues God just took away whatever the plague was like there was no there was no sign of them but in this with the snakes the snakes were still there and they were still biting the people but all they had to do was to look and you know tying that back into the story you know we this world will have tr- Jesus tells us this world will have troubles um we're not going to escape out of this world without what does the Genesis tells us the snake biting our heel, mm. the, the, oh, yeah. the heel of the yeah. woman, you know.
0: Throwback to the garden. Throw back to it. the
1: garden of we're still going to be bitten by the snake. We're mm. still going to, mm-hmm. we're not, we're not out of his reach, but mm-hmm. all we have to do is look to the cross. All we have to do is look to Jesus mm-hmm. and then we are healed or that belief is yeah. what gets us through.
0: As we finish up, uh, if you could sum up the things you've read, one word or one theme, what would it be? What about you?
1: Oh, gosh. One word. Kim? <laughs> I I don't
2: know. I mean, I think these stories this week, I think we've kind of already touched on a little bit that God is, God is serious about his instructions. You know, like mm. um, he expects obedience. And when that doesn't happen, there are consequences. And I think that's kind of the theme <laughs> in here is like as people... Um, grumble or complain Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's like, well, I've given you all that you need, you know, just have faith and have, you know, have the courage to step up, step forward in faith. And when people choose fear, um, that's when the problems happen, you Mm -hmm. know, like that's where the discipline comes in. So I think if I were to sum up all of this, I'd say, you know, just follow God, follow your faith and, um, look to him and he'll, he'll show you the way and just follow in obedience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And even in that, he provides a way out. Right? Absolutely. Every time. Every yeah.
1: time. That was more than one word. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I would just say holiness. And he is holy. And we, I think, sometimes forget that. And we want to live our lives in a way that um, maybe sometimes doesn't look a whole lot different than the world. And I think God... God demands holiness in some, and I don't mean that in a way that's like legalistic or a set of rules that you have to do this. Like we talked about in scripture right. growing up as teenagers, mm-hmm. that was kind of the the thing that we had mm-hmm. been given of, this is, this is who you have to be this. You have to live by the law. You have to check these boxes. And I don't mean that kind of holiness. I mean a holiness that God is who he says that he is. We believe that and we live like that, but yet also it affects our decisions in our everyday life Mm -hmm. and how we live our lives. And so that the world looks at us and says, and there are different people and they, they have something about them that is different. And I think that's being like God and that's how, is that anything else than holiness?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Talking to one of our college students this past week. And as you're talking about that holiness, he was, he was excited because he's, he's trying to live out his faith and, among his his classmates, his fellow mm-hmm. classmates, and and many of them are, are really far from God. And one of them made the comment to him this week. Uh, she said, hey, you're kind of Jesus-y. <laughs> and that was the way that she, she just huh. kind of described. She didn't mean it in a negative way, which, you know, in some of their conversations may have been right. taken that way, but she meant it in a way of like, hey, there's something different about yeah. you. Yeah.
2: What and, a high compliment! Yeah, yeah,
0: I know. I loved it. I loved it. And mm. She was actually like, "Hey, and this other friend of ours, she's kind of Jesusy too. Maybe <laughs> you guys should get it together." It was, it was funny. It that was sweet. Is so nice. But, but I loved it because he's living his life in in a yeah. way that sets that sets him apart. Yeah. And I think that's that is as you were saying, Meredith. I think that's that's God's heart for us. Absolutely. Yeah. God is good. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And all the time. God is good. good. (laughs) Hey, thank you guys for, for being a part of this, this week. Uh, It's been fun to, to get to hang out with you and talk about the word. And thank you all for joining us and, and listening. Uh, Keep reading with us. If you've gotten behind, Hey, just pick right up this next week. uh, We're going to see the passing of leadership from Moses and to someone else, we're going to see kind of his farewell address. Mm. And, uh, no and then a step back, we're going to start <laughs> looking at some of the laws, the religious and the ceremonial laws. So that should be Woohoo. very, very interesting. Thanks for <laughs> listening. And we hope you join us again next week. We always like to close out by thanking the River Community Church and and all of you that are part of that for making this possible. If you need any information on the river, you can find that at therivercc.com. Thanks.